I've heard this story countless times that people, when they were younger, enjoyed choir and they're coming back. And there are a whole bunch who, when they were young, a teacher told them to just mouth the words or someone in their family told them to stop singing or sing quietly because you're not a good singer. And so it's also kind of like an act of reclamation too when people have had that experience when they were younger and they're like, I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. I love to sing, it makes me feel good. And so I'm going to give it a try again, even though someone tried to shut them down when they were younger. So like the finding our voices thing again, I think for women, we go through this part of our life where we put other people first and hold our tongues a lot to keep the peace and then the switch flips and we can start taking care of ourselves and letting our own voices be heard. Welcome to All Things Menopausal. My name is Mary and I'm a menopause doula. As a doula, we augment the healthcare profession as menopause support practitioners. I created this podcast, All Things Menopausal, to build community for women going through menopause transition and to foster resilience through the stories that connect, educate, and empower. These stories are real, raw, relatable, and they're very much relevant to the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual whole person that we are. In our midlife transition, we are not alone. Each week, you will hear from courageous, vulnerable, and knowledgeable guests sharing their passion, their journey, and lived experience while also offering us their expertise. These are little clues to finding solutions to our unique situation. The menopause symptoms are personal, but the experience is universal. Episode 11 is joyful, it's energetic, and it suits the holiday season perfectly. Whether you like to sing in a band with others formerly in a choir, or simply caroling with friends, family, and neighbors, my chat with Wendy Nixon Stothert will raise your vibration. And Wendy was my choral director too at one time. I just love her energy so much, I had to bring her on the podcast. But more importantly, Wendy has so much knowledge to share about the physical and mental benefits of singing, even if it's just humming or chanting. Wendy embarked on her musical journey at the age of six and has been unwavering commitment to music since. Currently, Wendy serves as the choral conductor for seven distinct community choirs in the Comox Valley. With over 15 years of experience, Wendy has contributed significantly to the community by teaching kindergarten to 12 music, band, and choir. And beyond her role as an educator, she showcases her vocal talents as a soloist as part of her 80s cover band, Ricochet. Wendy is also at the forefront of Coral Valley, a project aimed at fostering the growth of singers and choirs throughout workshop offerings. A lifelong learner, Wendy achieved her Master's of Educational Leadership degree at the Vancouver Island University in 2012, earning the prestigious Governor General's Gold Medal for Academic Excellence. Apart from dedicating time to her family, Wendy finds immense joy in facilitating enriching singing experiences that contribute to spreading positivity and fostering connections with the community through the power of music. Wendy, how are you? I'm great, thanks, Mary. Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. 
Absolutely. I think this is a really interesting topic. The singing and the vibrations of the sounds in our body is, is very therapeutic, very good for the chakra energy centers. But mm. you're the expert in that field. So mm -hmm. I am really excited to have you here because, well, you've led me in a choir at one time. I got so much joy out of it. The singing was one thing, but it was a sense of community. Yeah. And that is so important for women who are going through the transition, who are just feeling lost and are trying to, to refine, rediscover who they are, their talents, their interests, their purpose. Mm -hmm. I think choir is very, very beneficial in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah, the, I would say that the average age in the choirs, in the community choirs that I lead, in the just-in-time groups, they tend to be, especially the Everyone Welcome group, tends to be 50-plus for the most part. Mm -hmm. And usually people who enjoyed singing when they were young, like they remembered being in a school choir mm -hmm. and they, their kids are now gone. And so they have time in their life to dedicate to learning something new or coming back to something that they enjoyed when they were young. And, and that's what brings a lot of people to choir when they're in this later stage of life, for sure. Oh, second, yes. second half, I should say. Second, the second half. half, the better yeah. half, the better half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we learn and we grow and we're not afraid anymore. It's not all about, well, how, how do I look? How's my voice? How do I look on stage? What are my friends going to think? What are the other girls in the choir going to say about me? All that's gone. It's behind us. Yeah. Now it's all for less self-conscious for sure. Yes. And, and you wouldn't believe actually how many people tell me too. I've heard this story countless times that people, when they were younger, enjoyed choir when they're coming back and there are a whole bunch who when they were young and they were doing just general school music or anything a teacher told them to just mouth the words or someone in their family told them to stop singing or sing quietly because you're not a good singer and so it's also kind of like an act of reclamation too when people have had that experience when they were younger and they're like i don't care what anybody thinks anymore i love to sing it makes me feel good and so i'm going to give it a try again even though someone tried to shut them down when they were younger so yeah like the finding our voices thing again i think for women we go through this part of our life where we put other people first and yeah. hold our tongues a lot to keep the peace and then we the, the switch flips and you know we can start taking care of ourselves and letting our own voices be heard again yeah yeah and what a beautiful way to to sing it to let the the words just flow off your tongue and although it takes a lot of work and a lot of practice which is why we have someone like you leading us as the choral director at the front but still once you're in it there's just this vibration that you can feel all the voices from everybody whether they're alto soprano and it just has this beautiful harmony and that vibration that's what i experienced coming back to choir after i don't know how many years it might have been i think the last time i sang with a, a formally with a group of of peers was in elementary school maybe junior high school years ago yeah but not that long ago just years <laughs> ago. yeah but tell us you've been involved with music since the early age i think you say age six tell yeah. us about your journey your journey into music and your passion 
Ah, well, I definitely always loved singing. My Both my parents are very innate musicians, although neither of them had a lot of any formal training whatsoever. My grandfather on... I'm turn this off because sometimes the cat jumps up and that will be a big mess. <laughs> so my grandfather on my dad's side ended up going to an orphanage and at that point in time he was taught how to play the cornet and was given formal music instruction on a wind instrument and so after that I think he started playing piano in at parties and stuff like that just by ear and people would gather around and sing the way they used to at parties and playing recorded music and um he was always whistling and so music you know was always a big part of his life and he was the one that had some formal training but my both my parents didn't and then when my mom became a tupperware lady in the 1980s and she with her first profit check she decided that she wanted to take piano lessons so she bought a little apartment sized piano with her tupperware money and she started taking lessons and then she she as she tells it i started getting interested and you know started asking for piano lessons also but i used to see my my parents and my grandpa singing in the church choir up before that Mm -hmm. and i was always really interested in what they were doing i just thought that that was so beautiful and so neat and i could see the the community and the camaraderie and the you know being part of a group and this the elevation that was happening i could sense that already when i was little and then and then the opportunity to take lessons came along and I was you know I just ate it up I was really into it and you know part of the part of the way that I grew up was you know very I think my worth was I perceived my worth to be dependent on my productivity and my achievements mm-hmm. and that was a way that I got attention I think so my you know, as a piano player, you go through this process or as a musician of any kind, you go through this process where you you're not very good at what you're doing and you kind of muck around. But then, you know, as you practice, you get better and you always have something usually have something that's presentable, right? So there was always like this, I've got something to present, I've got something to present, you know, that was that got me a lot of gold stars basically when I was young and that was the main motivating factor I think was I I was definitely internally motivated I loved it I I was um, happy expressing myself through music I was also externally motivated by the praise and recognition Mm -hmm. that I got for doing the things that I was doing so it's been an interesting journey for me as you know as I as I'm aging and looking at what my motivations for doing things are and coming to terms with that part of it like you know again sort of a reclamation of I'm doing this for me I'm doing this because I love it not because I want attention from anybody else that's so beautiful yeah and then so when you discovered your joy for music and what it brought to you that just that that mental well, well-being, that emotional well-being, how then did you decide, well, I want to lead other people. I want other people to have this joyous experience, and I'm going to lead them to it. My high school music experience was very rich. I had excellent teachers. I went to high school in North Vancouver, 
and I was playing my trumpet in band and singing in choirs and I was in some kind of music class three times a day you know before school sometime during the schedule and after school every day most days of the week and the quality of the education that I got there was amazing so I had that sense of progress and satisfaction from continually getting better also all my friends were in it so it was super socially rewarding and it's such a fun thing to do together so yeah i you know i i actually wrote myself a letter i went to a youth group thing when i was in grade eight i was 13 and i wrote myself a letter they said write yourself a letter for 10 years from now and tell yourself what you think you'll be doing and <sighs> the church held on to these letters which was amazing and in that letter, I wrote to myself that I saw myself as a band and choir teacher in high school and, and, you know, sealed it off. And I didn't see it again until I was 23 years old when they mailed it back as they said no they would. Way. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that is awesome. I know. And I, re I opened it and it's so funny because I went, I, I had a little diversion when I was 18 and I graduated. I'd already been teaching piano for a couple of years. I had 25 students a week when I was in grade 11 and 12, plus doing all my performing groups at school. So it was like music all the time. And I was also really interested in orcas. So I really wanted to study whales because I think that they're very social and musical creatures too. And so I oh, yeah. always felt this lovely affinity for whales. Beautiful. And so in first year university, I went into the sciences and I was doing, you know, my, all the, the physics and the chemistry and the biology Ooh, and the calculus. I know. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't mind school. I do like it and I, I like academic rigor, but it was definitely a lot of work for me. And I wasn't really used to working that hard, <laughs> to be honest. And, but I had a couple of spaces at university where I could take some music classes. So I took a music class as well in first year. And in that second semester, my prof came up to me and he said, I see you're not a music student. You're not a music education student. What are you doing here? And I said, well, you know, I was in music when I was a kid. I love it. And or when I was at high school, and I really love it and wanted to just stay involved. But I figure I can always teach music. And this is my chance to do something different. And he said, OK, well, if you ever change your mind, let me know, because you had to interview to go into the music education department. And he said, I think okay. you're a really great music teacher. And a few weeks later, I had a chemistry midterm that I totally bombed, like <laughs> so bad. I'd never failed anything in my life. I was like, oh man, I feel like this is a message. So I went back to that music education prof and I said, do you in think you would interview me? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> so he, he, he really planted that seed for me or gave me the nudge back into, I think, you know, what was much more of a natural path for me. And so, yeah, I, I haven't looked back, you know, the minute that I was back ensconced in music, I was like, ah, this is so where I belong. Yeah. I love it so much. And, 
And I think, you know, when I was young, it was about my motivation, again, was kind of just being a superstar music teacher because I had superstar music teachers and I wanted to oh. be just like my superstar music teachers. You know, everybody knew who they were in the province. You know, they were famous in their nice, right? Okay. And I wanted to be just like that. You know, I wanted to be a choir teaching, band teaching superstar and... After a few years of teaching school, you know, I quickly realized like, okay, I have to put my ego aside here because this is about the kids, you know, this isn't yeah. about how, how good they sound and how that's going to make me look because, you know, these were, I was teaching grade seven, eight, nine, you know, a lot of the kids were just starting to sing. And I was just starting to teach and, you know, I, I wasn't that good at making them sound good and they weren't that good at sounding good yet. And so I, you know, I had to sort of let go of that and realize that the, 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 the satisfying piece or the most important piece wasn't about how good everybody was sounding, but how good they were feeling. Oh, yeah. That is so beautifully said. That's so true. Yeah. Just putting the ego aside and remembering why we came back to our passion in the first place. Mm -hmm. Or why yeah. these kids were choosing it for the first time. For the, or, you know, yeah. A lot of times if they didn't, you know, they wanted to have a friend in the group that definitely made a big difference to mm -hmm. whether they wanted to stay or not. They want to do it together with people. And, you know, the, 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 the connecting with others that can happen in the music setting is just so powerful because I think, you know, humans are just innately wired to connect. You know, we, we want to be connected with each other. Excuse me. And music really gives us not only it, it's it's special because it gives us an avenue for uh, emotional expression. It also gives us a way to collaborate on a collective project, right? To work together on something that gets better and better and better and then present, you know? So it's the expressive piece. It's also the collaborative building something yeah. together piece. Yeah. I was just about to ask what is, how does choir impact one's personal, mental and emotional well-being? And I think you've summed it up right there. Well, I could say a lot more about each of those. <laughs> Please do. You have the floor. Get used to being on the mic. You're going to be doing it on a radio. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So mind, body, heart, and spirit, like it covers it all. You know, it, it, it really does as far as the full package well-being piece. So physically... Singing is super good for our bodies for lots of reasons. One of the, the main things that happens physically when we're singing is we are breathing so much more regularly, right? And the as we all know, breathing can help us regulate our nervous system, right? So when you're singing, you are holding, you're extending your exhalation over longer periods of time, right? As you sing a longer line. So because, just because you're extending your exhalation, that means that the oxygen is staying in your body longer and there's 
better oxygen flow. When you go to take a breath, you are taking an intentional breath and it's usually a lower and more full breath. So right there, the just the fact that we're using our breath to sing and using it in that way has a profound effect on our physical bodies. So yeah, I mean, it's good for exercising our lungs, of course, like the, the physical health of our lungs, our posture, you know, we work on good right. posture and position for, for singing. It strengthens the muscles, our intercostal muscles and muscles around the diaphragm. It can, you know, increase our coordination as far as articulation goes and improves the, the resonance of our voice when we go to speak and the use of our air, right? So those physical benefits just just on the out from that perspective are really big. And then, of course, there's the physical benefits that come from the and that are connected to the emotional well-being of people. So when you are extending your breath in that long in that longer way you uh things that it connects right to your vagus nerve right so your vagus nerve is that giant nerve that goes right from your brain stem heart lungs stomach and colon and it has extensions into your eardrums and also into your larynx your voice box so when the vagus nerve is stimulated, that kickstarts our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest phase, as opposed to the fight, flight, freeze state phase, right? So our vagus nerve gets stimulated by the act of listening, by the act of vocalizing, and by this deep extended breathing that we're doing. It's, it's amazing because the body also releases endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, all get released when we're singing, which are all chemicals that help us feel good, right? Oxytocin is like the social bonding chemical, right? Serotonin increases mood. And, um, yeah, those, those things help us have you know, just to elevate our spirit and, and our mind and keep anxiety and depression at bay, you know, when we have more of those feel good chemicals. So yes. I, I, you know, in talking to friends who are going through this transition, a lot of people are experiencing increased anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Myself included. Yeah. 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 So yeah. this is something that, you know, is non-pharmaceutical and, very unharmful to your body that you anybody can just do and you can do this for yourself even if you join don't join a choir you can have this but these benefits of singing just for yourself just doing it you're on your own as well right you don't get the it's i don't think that i think the oxytocin is part of the being together in a group part of it but you can also get the release of these chemicals by singing on your own yeah, like in the shower, like all of us yeah, do, right? Exactly. Cortisol levels go down, your heart rate goes down, your breathing slows down. It's pretty cool. They've they've done heart rate and, and breathing studies on singers in groups and mm -hmm. choirs, people individual people in choirs, their heart rates after a time of singing together will start to sync up together. 
you know? Nice. Yeah. Really? It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. It's like, you know, the flock of birds or the school of fish, yeah. right? you know, we want that our bodies reward us for being in those environments where we're together and collaborating in a meaningful way. That's so beautifully said, Wendy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Makes and me want to come right the, back to choir. Yeah, come on back. <laughs> that there's also all the mental benefits of yes. um, increased concentration, increases memory. When you're when you're involved in music, it engages all parts of the brain. So it's like a complex stimulus for the brain. It's not just one hemisphere or the other. So your whole brain is active when you're, well, maybe not your whole brain, maybe not that 10%, we don't know what it does, but <laughs> your brain lights up all over the place when, yes. when you're um, involved in music. You know, the language yeah. centers, the creative centers, the the visual, the the listening, all the, the comprehension, you know, the, the emotional centers, everything lights up. So that it's really good for our brains. It's, it's amazing to see some of those studies that have been done with seniors who are going through Alzheimer's or dementia, mm -hmm. they might forget, they might become non-verbal. Like they won't, some of them get to a point sometimes where they can't talk, but they can sing. Interesting. Unbelievable. I watched this incredible documentary. Uh, Oliver Sacks, I think, did it. And there was a man who was completely unresponsive. You know, when people talked to him, he didn't say anything. He just kind of looked catatonic. His eyes stared off into nowhere. He didn't ever talk. And they put some headphones on him of Cab Calloway, an old jazz singer that they knew that he used to really like. His whole being changed. Like his whole face lit up. He started moving to the music. He was snapping. He was singing along where people hadn't heard his voice in a really long time. So, you know, it's, it's so good for our brains, like from a, on a mental level. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. You know, when you speak about, I mean, all, all those wonderful benefits and you've touched on so many that are key to the menopause women, the rise in the cortisol, the menopause alone is rising the cortisol levels because it is a stress. And as I um, had heard from my doula instructor, it's actually treated, she treats it as a trauma. Mm. She's a psychotherapist and says that menopause is actually a trauma in itself. So it has so much um, impact, negative impact on the brain, but that rise in cortisol and then as you say this is a drug-free friendly way of combating that by raising up all the good chemicals in the body mm -hmm. that brain stimulus and it's really interesting research just really coming out in this past year about menopause being a brain health phenomenon and more so than anything else it's and it's because of all of the different the loss in the estrogen and how we're responding to progesterone the role that cortisol is playing to negatively impact that function and then here we have right at our disposal no matter where we are at the drop of a hat just to break out in song <laughs> and just with the breathing getting back to that point oh and that's what they teach you in breath work is a deep long inhale but hold that exhale for as long as you can mm -hmm. there's so many so much benefits which you beautifully described yeah so. that's definitely one of those hacks that i've learned with anxiety mm -hmm. 
or if you're starting to feel yourself get dysregulated, you know, emotionally dis dysregulated, which is happening to me more and more. I don't know about you, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, just at the minute that you have that awareness of like, oh, I'm starting to get out of my zone, you know, I'm starting to get into this other zone where I won't be able to think as well and all that kind of stuff. I'm just getting too elevated, too hyper aroused that that trick of just breathing like inhale for four counts that square and hold for four counts and then exhaling for eight you know just the exhaling twice as long as you inhale is such a great tool such a great tool do you want to do it let's do it yes okay, okay. So it's just you just think of it as as a square where each side of the square has four counts to it okay so inhale for four hold for four and then exhale for eight and try and pace your exhale so that it lasts for eight. So you don't want to let it all go at once and you don't want to hold it at the beginning. You want to just have a steady stream and it, you get better at it as you practice, of course. Right. Okay. So ready. One, two, three. Inhale. Hold two, three. Exhale. Eight seven six five four three two one inhale two three four hold two three exhale eight seven six five four three two one yeah i'm already relaxed i know like oh my zen. toe is tapping to your oh yeah yeah tap <laughs> there's something very comforting about rhythm too right you know i right from the womb yeah we're always looking for that beat which is probably goes back to when you say our heartbeats get synced because mm -hmm. it's looking for something to rhythmically connect with perhaps yeah i think so too so key about the diaphragm tell us what the belly and the chest should be doing on those big inhales when we're mm -hmm. as a singer or just in the breath work and mm -hmm. how should we be feeling it in our posture and in our torso yeah well how you hold your body right off the bat is really important just sort of setting up the frame right mm -hmm. so just you know when you stand to sing or when you sit we'll do it sitting because we're sitting right now but you should have your back off the back of the chair and mm -hmm. your flat on the floor, right? Okay. And your shoulders are relaxed, right? So when you go to inhale, you want to kind of aim for the sound to be the the breath to go really nice and low in your body down to down to your belly and into your back as well. So one thing that's kind of interesting to, to try is if you put your hand on your belly at the front and then your other hand uh, the back of your hand on your back. Okay. And then just aim your breath into your belly first and to push against your belly hand with your inhale and then just exhale that's right you're keeping your shoulders down that's perfect good and you keep your neck nicely relaxed too just exhale good now do an inhale where you breathe into your back hand okay yeah and then completely exhale. different yeah feels really wow good. you get more air when you open up that space with your ribs at the back right definitely yeah and then okay so then you do the front then you do the back to just isolate them and then you do a breath that puts it in both places expands in both directions so try that yeah 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, expansion. Oh, like the ribs. Torso. That's why I was saying, you know, you get um, more toned intercostal muscles when you sing, right? Those are those muscles in between your ribs, right? Nice. So as you open up and make space in there. Yes. Yeah. I just learned this also recently in a primal flow yoga teacher training is that when we open up the arm and that stretch to the side, and one of the reasons why it's done so early in a class is the side body is considered the soul. The ah. gateway to the soul, I should say. Wow. The gateway, but you know, apart from you feel that beautiful expansion in the rib cage. Yeah. When I heard it expressed that way, the gateway to the soul. And that by opening up, because as we're animals in the fight flight, we everything concaves in to protect. Totally. But when we open it up, we're sending a message apparently to already to our parasympathetic nervous system. That it's okay you're safe yes, you're safe you have time to take a deep breath yeah yeah so that yeah. whole rib cage expansion with the inhale and the exhale yeah is the same i guess sort of idea why we can feel safe amongst our peers and our friends and acquires we're just yeah. allowing ourselves to take expansion. deep breaths yeah and take our oh. time exhaling i forgot how beautiful a leader you are. We did oh. so many of those great exercises too when we would start our practice sessions. And I just forgot how comforting and how nurturing you you always were with us to oh. allow us to feel safe together. I'm Thanks. amazed that, well, I'm amazed that you still have the energy for yourself, let alone seven, seven different community choirs now. <laughs> Yeah. How does, how does one commit to seven and how do you keep going? Well, I mean, a big part of it is five of them. Well, six of them are, are regular once a week things. And the seventh one is the pop-up choir. So that's, I get to just decide when I want to do that for the most part, which is great with the three just in time choirs. There's, as you know, an amazing, the council is this team of volunteers that make it so that I get to just concentrate on the music part. You know, they are so amazing. They're so good at their jobs now. Like it's just such a well-oiled machine. And so I feel super well supported and everything that the choir does from like website maintenance to putting on the concerts to recording practice tracks, there are volunteers involved at all of those stages, all those different elements of, of the choir that are amazing at those jobs. Like that is their specialty. They are a web developer. They are a project manager. Right. They are a choir or recording engineer. So, you know, there are experts doing all these other jobs that I used to do all of it myself. And so the, the, the elevation in what we can all accomplish together and what the organization has been able to accomplish with all these amazing people contributing their talents and skills has has been amazing like i just mm -hmm. i feel so blessed to have such great support from the volunteers the military wives choir also has a committee of volunteers and same thing i show up and i do the music and they take care of the rest which is great and I have a choir at Berwick, which is a retirement community, and they're all over right. 80. And the oldest singer, Florence, is 101. 
She amazes me because she catches me when I make a mistake. Like if I sing something wrong, she'll say, excuse me, Wendy, did you mean to sing an F sharp? Because it says F on my music. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Florence, she totally keeps me honest. And, you know, she's, she, she's reading her music now just in the last six months with a magnifying glass. But, you know, up until now, she, she reads the notation. She's like on it. She tells me it's the highlight of her week. And I hear that from people all the time, you know, that yeah. coming to choir is the highlight of their week. You know, it's nice. It's their, they practice all week to get ready to come. And then they like the learning and the growing and, you know, working on something together collaboratively, as I said. And they like seeing people, you know, and then we often go out for a social time afterwards. And that's really fun. So, yeah, so it is it is a really big event in some people's weeks. And the latest thing that I just started is a all the, all my choirs have been performance oriented so far. And one of the things that I like to do for myself is go to singing things in the summer where I get to just be a participant and not be mm-hmm. a teacher. So I've been going to this camp called Song Roots on Gambier Island every summer. And I met this wonderful woman there who composes these short, she calls them songlets. And they're songs about connecting to self and each other and nature. And so they're easy to learn by rote. So we can learn without having pages in front of us, which is amazing. And they're very satisfying and rewarding little songs to sing. And so I've started this group, like specifically because I wanted to do that, be a drop-in, non-performing group where people can just show up and sing just for joy and fun and just walk away and not have any other commitment beyond just bringing their self, you know, open mind to the thing. And I've been doing vocal improv myself has been kind of, it's been my most recent kind of study and direction for myself as as for my own artistic development and creative soul is this avenue of vocal improv and so i've been bringing in a little bit of improv to these drop-in non-performing groups too so i i do that on wednesdays at lunch you know from 12 to 1 in comox at the little red church and i call it the resonation good vibes song circle awesome it's for people who are who are too busy to commit to you know memorizing and learning and the performance yeah. and coming all the time and yeah. yeah 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 and they get all the benefits the mental physical emotional spiritual social benefits of just exactly. dropping in like going to a yoga class exactly yeah better maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know yoga is pretty neat because I love it when they include the ohm. Because including the OM in the yoga session, like it does bring all of those pieces together, I think. And (laughs) talking at the very beginning about the effect of the sound vibrations on us, right? And and chakras. And so do you want to just do a little vocalizing with me? I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to (laughs) ask. So our listeners who tune in, they have to be wherever you are, sitting in your car, listening, you, you're going to do this when you get to this part. That's right. No pressure. You can just listen to it once and then see what we're doing and then back it up and then listen, do it again and, and participate if you want. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. So just think of a really delicious taste 
that you enjoy mm -hmm. and just say, mmm, 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 and now make it a little longer, mmm, mmm, mm. mm. and then just put your hands on your cheeks and, and say that mmm again and just feel that, mmm, mmm, mmm. that feel good yes. just to feel those vibrations in your body vibrations yeah. yeah yeah and then just drop your jaw and when you relax your jaw and unclench it that also is a trigger for the vagus nerve to calm you down right okay. so if you just let your jaw be really loose and you just say ah Ah. ah, ah, yeah, and pretend that you've got some like a an apple at the back of your throat, and you say, ah, 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 ah. that's it, and just let your tongue go and your jaw go and everything relax. Ah. And then if you put your hands at your neck and do that again and feel the vibrations there on your neck on the ah. It's so good. Yeah. And then try and ooh, so just put your hands on put your hand on your chest. Okay. And get your lips in there too and just same thing like keep the keep the jaw really nice and relaxed and just do okay. let's try a little bit of a lower one and see if you can feel that even lower in your chest like do So when you take all three of those sounds together, the ah uh, and the and the, you get ah One more really low breath to your belly and back. Oh. Beautiful. The key is getting that deep breath in the beginning mm -hmm. so you can hold that longer. The mm -hmm. second, the last one felt better for me. Good. Cue to take that deeper breath into the back and the belly. Yeah. Oh, I'm holding my own forever. Yeah, you can just Amen. keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, it felt like I just had a workout. That was Good. so beautiful. <laughs> my family's probably upstairs. Like, <laughs> <any> downstairs. <laughs> that was great. You know, I was going to ask you about chanting because I, I had taken a little, one of these Udemy courses, Udemy, however you pronounce it. And it was vocalizing for the chakras, how mm -hmm. to teach different like the 
I and ah and o oh and eve and each one, each each vocalization had a different chakra. Like we know you've got the the lam and the yam are associated with the different chakras. But this was just the she was a, a choir leader just like yourself and had put out this little mini course and explained how each each vowel sim had sound had a different association with the chakras mm. and I used to drive out to Tofino quite often we had our um, Gavin was working out there my husband was working out there for a while and while I was out there I would just put on this little um, lesson of hers and I would just sit in the car and I e o u i <laughs> all yeah. the way down the highway totally lost track of time which yeah. is perfect because it is a long but it's a beautiful drive yeah. And you just feel so cleansed and so balanced mm -hmm. and in such beautiful alignment. Ah, I think the frequencies vibration. are good for ourselves. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. I like true. to talk about the different kinds of the chakras and the different sort of placements from a, from an elemental voice perspective. So as a way of using those different kinds of voices, how you can make your voice sound different if you focus it in different places of your body and then that will have an effect on what emotion you're expressing so interesting yeah so like if so the 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 sacral the you know the root chakra is the, the red is we say mm -hmm. that that's your earth voice so mm -hmm. something like down here, like Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits, you know, those Deep low voices. Okay. Yeah, Nina Simone, like the, just yeah. those really round, warm voices, Adele, right? Yeah. And, you know, what? how does that make people feel to listen to a voice that is earth like that, right? How How does that, how is that perceived? How does it make you feel to sing in an earthy voice? Like... Hot cross buns, hot cross buns, one a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns. You know, that really grounded yeah. feeling is really good for expressing some songs, you know, some songs like if you want to feel, you know, that root, that rooted grounding. Earthiness. Yeah, that sense and then of... you move up to your solar plexus and you get your fire voice. Yes, yeah. kind of voice. If you're singing something and you want to be like really pizzazzy, right? Yeah. Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. That's your fire voice, right? It's like nice. when you sing there, you start to feel fiery in your body. Like if you sing from there, you can really feel like energy starting up in your body. Yeah. And then you come up to your heart chakra and use your water voice. Mm -hmm. You do twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. It's very soothing, soothing. nurturing, warm, right? It's kind of calm, smoothing. Yeah. yeah. And then you can get into your face and do your metal voice. Wah, 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 like right in there, like the Ethel Merman friend dresser <laughs> kind of thing, right? Where you really want to get someone's attention. We're doing, you can call me Al right now, right? Because we're doing okay. all songs that have to do with names right now. So, you know, the ba da 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 
You know the horn parts. You know when you're singing the horn parts, you get them right into yeah. your metal voice, right? And yeah, they're they're sharp. They really get your attention. Mm -hmm. And then this, your crown chakra is your air voice. And if you breathe, if you start to have more air, you know the happy birthday to you. You know the sexy Marilyn Monroe, exactly. Yeah. Or even if you're singing. Frère Jacques, Frère Jacques, dormez-vous, you know, like a lullaby, you know, or something where you're trying to get someone's attention and spark their imagination. If you use more of that air voice, convey yeah. all kinds of different emotions there. So I, I like to teach people about this, this range that they have of using their voices in different ways, because in conversation, we do it all the time, right? You know, you're trying to get your kids' attention from far away. You, you use your metal voice because it gets them. Or you're trying to alert anyone to danger or anything like that. You go right into that danger, that that spot, right? Right. You comfort someone, you use a softer, warmer voice. You know, if you're trying to calm someone down. You know, you use that low, grounded voice. So, yeah, we use it in conversation all the time, just as part of our natural tone variation, yeah. so that we don't sound like robots all the time, because yeah, we would tune out. We need the contrast, and I think people have to be taught when they're singing, sometimes they don't sing with a lot of contrast. They're too concerned about getting the note right, and the, the word right, and singing it for the right amount of time, you know, the what of what they're singing. Mm -hmm. And I like to remember, you know, remind them that there's also the how you're singing and how that connects into how your story is, is being told and perceived by others. Yeah, so true. Oh my goodness, it's so true. Mm -hmm. And of course, the vibration that emanates from the singer or collective singers, depending where they are, is probably received by the audience. So they get the message of the song. Oh, the song is supposed to means something tragic or something very uplifting and yeah encouraging yeah that's yeah. very interesting the story of the yeah. song is really important mm -hmm. yeah which is i was going to ask you that you theme you put a theme around each of your sessions with just in time choir you did of course where it was a social responsibility or social justice or speaking out and how does song give us that opportunity to use our voice, not just use our voice physically, but use it as a statement? Yes, absolutely. Well, I think if you write your own songs, it's a really great way to give voice to your own experience, right? And then if you are, yeah, wanting to convey a message, I mean, we do it all the time when we just put on music that suits our mood, you know, if, if we're feeling sad, sometimes putting on sad music will help us, you know, is that cathartic experience of the, the song then becomes a way for us to access that emotion and to really feel it, because yeah. you know, we're talking now a lot about not denying our emotions and not pushing them away giving them a chance to exist and recognizing them acknowledging them to giving ourselves time to feel them to yeah. talk to them and say you know give that emotion a you know a, a cup of tea and say what are you about to get curious about them right as opposed to just 
pushing what we perceive as the negative ones away, right? So, yeah, I think that there's a lot going on in the world right now that, you know, if we raise our voices with a particular purpose, it can be really helpful. You know, that I, what I tend to do in the fall with the just-in-time choirs mostly because that is their more my artistic vision and direction as opposed to some of the other choirs where I'm sort of catering to the specificity of why that group has gathered, right? Okay. So with Just In Time, what I tend to do is pick something more playful and light and fun in the fall session and pick a more social justice or, you know, social consciousness sort of theme for the spring. So right now we're doing the Just In Time show is called The Name of the Game. So every single song features a name or several names prominently. So we're doing Jolene, we're doing Call Me Al, like I said, we're doing cool. uh, Nina Cried Power by Hozier, which is like one of those social justice songs that I think we might have to bring back next term because it's super powerful. Yeah. We're doing John Denver's Annie song. We're singing Georgia, oh. My Mind. You know, like wow. you know, the wide Beautiful. variety of songs that people would recognize that way. Mary Had a Little Lamb. Oh, yeah, we're not doing Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> Although we are doing a song called Mary Mary, which uh, Coco Mary, Mary. Mary. Different. I love that one. <laughs> oh, that's a different one. I think, I don't oh. know if you know this, Mary oh, Mary. This is oh, okay. a song by Coco Love Alcorn. She's a Canadian okay. songstress. It's a very soulful song about a woman mm -hmm. named Mary who has to do a big journey. Yeah. Mary, Mary, walk a million miles, walk a million miles to get the water. It's a very earthy voicey one. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Yeah. The journey always should start with that sense of grounding and, and yeah. who you are, the root chakra. Hey, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. So I always like to, okay, before I ask that, that one last question of all time, or maybe if our time right now, who is one of our greatest singers we are oh. seeing, experiencing in this era right now? I mean, there's so many. Yeah, you know, I, I am constantly boggled by how many musicians we have access to now, you know, with mm -hmm. our streaming services. I have been, I'm, I'm going to the Woodstove Festival next weekend that's happening in Cumberland. And so in preparation for that, I've been starting to listen to some of the performers. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God, where have these people been my whole life? Where have these people been my whole life? <laughs> I don't know if I can actually identify like a singer right now. I don't, I don't think I could do that, but I, I'm, I'm one of those people who I can find something good in anything that I'm listening to, you know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I like all appreciation for all music. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do. And even if it's not a style of music that I find particularly resonates with me, you know, if it's something really aggressive and loud and hard or super fast, like I don't, I don't necessarily relate to it or I don't want to bring that sort of frenetic energy into my being. But I can appreciate that there are people who who need that, who like the energy level of that yeah. music to bring themselves up, to bring their own energies up, and to maybe express some of the anger or frustration that they're feeling in their life. You know, sometimes, you know, a good a good loud 
fast, harsh mm -hmm. song can just help you shake it off, right? Yeah, that's true. Even yeah. though it doesn't suit suit yeah. me at all purposes, for sure. Yeah. I can always appreciate that, you know, somebody has created this song out of their own mind and heart and experience, and they have had the wherewithal the to get it recorded and get it out there and put themselves out there. And I think that is so brave. And yeah, it takes a lot of organizing, you know, the, the writing of a song is just like one small piece of what a songwriter does. You know, there's there's so many other pieces to what they have to do to make a living as a as a singer or song singer and or songwriter. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, from the from the recording and the producing and all that kind of stuff that goes into that and then like constantly the the social media stuff and the promotional stuff and the touring and the merch and the you know constant engagement sure. with their followers to help to keep people interested and it, it it seems like a really huge job yeah a lot to undertake it's not all just yeah. that beautiful glory and that fame on when you're on the stage a lot of behind the scenes work you know like yeah. on a podcast yes <laughs> yeah Totally. And like to I it. said, with the, with the choirs, you know, all that work that the, the council is doing mm -hmm. and the committee on with the military wives, they do to support the uh, creative work that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Takes, takes a village. It it's yes, it does. Amen to the village. So yeah. tell us what you're reading right now and why this, this particular piece of literature is so important to you. Oh, well, it's, I think the one that I told you about was not something that I've recently read, but it's something that I'm constantly thinking about. So um, I read uh, Glennon Doyle's Untamed in 2020. And the book is a lot about the conditioning, the social conditioning that we have to contend with as women. And breaking free of these, these yeah. uh, metaphorical chains that society has put around us in terms of keeping ourselves small right not yeah. not making waves not letting our voices be heard and mm -hmm. yeah she's it feels like she's rattling cages with that book in a really powerful way and yeah. um, she has followed it up with her podcast we can do hard things that i regularly listen to um because i find that you know most of them are related to helping people deal with the things that are keeping them from being their true authentic selves right and i think that our voices have that ability to really help us connect to who we are yeah so beautifully said yeah and so apropos with the menopausal transition to break free from the social construct that defined the, this this phase is drying up getting old right like you don't up. have your value or that you become mm -hmm. invisible don't have anything more to offer and yeah 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 that beauty changes and so you become less important and that's the voice we hear in our head all the time we have to break free of that and what a beautiful way to do that with the drug-free dopamine charging <laughs> lifestyle change with yeah. music yeah More importantly in a choir yeah <laughs> for sure Wendy, or it's been wonderful. Like play, yeah, play your favorite your music and sing along, right? Like if you just put on your favorite tunes to sing along to, you know, people 
often are know the words to the songs that they listen to when they are teenagers and often get a lot of good feeling from songs they listen to when they were adolescents and in that phase so you know putting on some of that music and singing along with it again i think can help us tune into our youthful energy and spirit it can be very nostalgic yeah feel like we can still rock out <laughs> yes i know and it's an amazing we can always remember the words the lyrics to a song but you know you can't remember anything that you wrote for a speech or on a test or i can't remember any shakespeare from high school but mm -hmm. i can remember all those songs yeah 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 thank you for your time wendy this oh, has just been pleasure. an incredible time the breath work the the chanting our ohms it was delightful. I really yeah. enjoyed the experience. Oh, and so I will put in the show notes where people could find you if they're in the Valley, encourage everyone to check you out for your choirs. And then definitely this drop in non-performing pop-up groups, such a delightful way to just get that little bit of a buzz without having that longer commitment. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Mary. Thank so much. My key takeaways from my episode with Wendy. Number one, Choir singing offers physical, mental, and social advantages by stimulating the vagus nerve, triggering the parasympathetic nervous state. That is the state of rest and digest. And it also boosts the release of mood-enhancing chemicals like endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin, fostering emotional well-being and social connections. Number two, singing entails profound physiological effects, including the benefits of conscious breathing, and the expressive power of voices to connect and convey emotions. Number three, societal expectations or parental conditioning can stifle our voices, particularly in women and from a very young age. Embracing courage and newfound confidence during the menopause transition allows individuals to reconnect with themselves and with others. Number four, Engaging in singing, especially within a choir, offers a sense of purpose and helps individuals reclaim their voices. And number five, if you live in the Comox Valley, there are so many opportunities to get involved in singing under the guidance and nurturing leadership of Wendy. From the Coral Valley workshop to her drop-in resonation, good vibes, song circle. To learn more, visit coralvalley.ca. You can find them on Facebook at Coral Valley Retreats, Festivals, Workshops. And you can find Wendy on Facebook at wendy.stothert and on YouTube at Wendy Nixon Stothert. Do you need support through your menopause transition? A menopause doula can help. You can find me at mlcoaching.com. And help me help you by filling out a simple survey, which is linked in the show notes. Your input is greatly valued and will help in the design and creation of tools, courses, and other resources for my upcoming one-on-one -on -one and group coaching programs. Take the survey. It's linked in the show notes. Like, follow, share, subscribe. And if you are enjoying this podcast, I would love to hear from you. Consider leaving a review. Spreading the word will help broaden my audience reach and further impact more women as they experience the transition. 